I'm going to stop being awkward and I'm going to tell a funny story because every time I teach, uh, I, I can't just get into something without telling a story. But before I even do that, I want to pray because I realize that there are zero things that I can say that would actually benefit and transform your life. But I believe that the Spirit of God uses broken vessels to do great things. So I recognize that I am imperfect and broken and I pray that today the Lord uses me to speak hope and healing and transformation into your life. And so I'd love for me to do that. Father, I love you so much. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this house. I thank you for this church. I thank you for everyone that is here, whether they were uh, conned into being here by a friend and maybe they were asked to come and get coffee and they realized that they had a church service attached to it. Whatever it was, Jesus, I pray that you would use this time to bless your people, that you would heal people, that you would help people, that you would transform lives, not just for this earth, but for eternity to come. Father, we love you. We trust you. Father, give me uh, your willingness inside of me. Speak through me today in Jesus' precious name. Amen? Amen. Come on, guys. Are you alive this morning? You woke? Come on. Let's get excited. Listen, so not long ago, well, actually, it's been a while ago. So I met my wife in 2001, and uh, she's not here today, but I've been uh, with my wife for 20 years. We have two incredible kiddos, a 12-year-old little girl and a 7-year-old little guy. And uh, last time I was here, I had Gonzo on stage. I do have Gonzo still with me. He's just in the car. And, uh, but I still bring Gonzo everywhere I go. It's, not, it's a real thing. And, uh, but I've been with my wife for a long time. And at the time that I met my wife, we met uh, at Red Lobster. And I was a manager for Red Lobster, and I met my wife, and she was so cute, and she was so great, and I couldn't date her at the time, because she was my staff member. And so at the end of the summer on her uh, sophomore break of college, she had given me her two weeks, and I asked her out. And I was like, I got my chance. I can do this. It's good. And so I wasn't going to break any rules with the organization with Darden Enterprises. But I was like, man, I get to, I get to date her. And so I asked her out to dinner. And the night we were to go to dinner, what she didn't know is I was a firefighter as well. And so the schedule that I had allowed me to do both. And so the, the night that I was supposed to go out, it was like two minutes before I was leaving the firehouse, a call came in for a house explosion. And I went to a house explosion. Guys, I stood my wife up on our first date. Like completely stood her up. Like didn't show up, didn't call, didn't do anything. And I went to this house and uh, what I recognized when I was at that house, it was very interesting. There was a, a methane gas leak and it was uh, a gentleman went into his house and he turned on a light and the house just exploded. Everything that could be shattered and broken and destroyed in that house was completely destroyed. But him and the foundation of the house was the only thing. Windows, walls, furniture, Everything was completely destroyed, but he just had a couple of scrapes, a couple of bruises, and the foundation of the house was set. Now, I want to get back to that in just a moment, because some of you are wondering, like, I mean, clearly she was okay because she married you at some point. Later on that evening, I called her. I said, hey, hon, I'm so sorry. Um, I, you don't know this, but I'm actually a firefighter as well. She's like, yeah, right. I'm like, no, I promise. Turn on the news. There was a house explosion. She was like, yeah. Good thing is the news caught me on the news that day, and so uh, she, she, there was proof, and so it worked out well. Clearly, we had a second date at McDonald's, and uh, look, you got to start slow, you know what I mean? And then work up to some stuff. I didn't even take her to Red Lobster. So anyway, she clearly, uh, we, we worked out. She fell in love with me at McDonald's, and then we, the rest is history. We've been together for 20 years and have great kids. But the reality of something and what I want to talk about today is simply this. Your foundation matters. 
Your foundation matters. Regardless of the destruction and the stuff that comes into your life, our foundation matters. That day, I was so surprised that that individual was able to meet us at the front door. Guys, his house was on fire. Things were going on. He was fine. You ever feel like that in your spiritual life? You ever feel like you're holding on to a light switch, but everything around you is chaos? Sure you do. You've been alive for the last two years, have you not? It's been chaotic. There's nothing normal about what has happened in the last two years of life. People hate you if you wear a mask. People hate you if you don't wear a mask. If you live in one area and you don't live in another, they don't like you there either. If you're vaccinated, they don't like you. If you are vaccinated, they don't like you. It's a thing. We've lived through a pandemic. No one understands anything. You're paying a ton of money for steak, y'all. We were at BJ's yesterday. There was like a salad on the menu for like 32 bucks. It's crazy. Things have shifted. Not to mention things in your family. Not to mention you personally. Not to mention that there's a good chance that some of you in here may have lost somebody to this incredible chaos. But I want to share something with you. Because in the midst of your foundation being shaken, in the midst of chaos surrounding you, something can support you and give you exactly what you need. And I want to talk to you today out of Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. If you have it, you can throw it up on the screen. If you have it on your phone, go ahead and do that. By the way, version just surpassed 500 million downloads this past week. So if you have version on your phone, if you don't have that, please download it. I love Bobby Grunewald and the Life Church team that, that created that app to download for free. And so 500 million people have downloaded that around the world. So it's pretty cool. So, and I'm going to be teaching out of it now. So Matthew 7, verse 24 and 27. So anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Continue. Through the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise. Come on, you guys live in Louisiana, y'all. Floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When your foundation in your life is built on the Word of God. No matter what comes at you, no matter what comes into your life, no matter what tension is between you and some individuals, no matter what is on the news, no matter what storm is coming, when your foundation's built in Christ, when your foundation is built on the Word of God, there is nothing that can destroy it. You can have, you can be in the middle of the chaos with your finger on the light switch and everything around you can be destroyed and you can be safe. I, this morning I was listening to the news and they said an economic crisis is on the horizon. No, it isn't. Not for me. Not for me. I'm in Christ. My God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is my provider. He is the one that is, the was, and is to come. I do not have to be at the mercy of a news article. Neither do you. 
Racial tensions are getting worse. Not in this church. Not in this community. Not in this city. Not in this state. We're going to love people because of who they are. Who they are in Christ. Who they can be in Christ. It has nothing to do with race. Don't let anything mess with you. Well, the pandemic is... My pastor used to say, whatever's going around has to go around me. Are you going to get sick at times? Sure you are, right? We have imperfect bodies this side of heaven. But my God is a healer. My God is good. And so anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. My number, my first point, if you're taking notes, uh, which is really good. If you're not taking notes, I judge you slightly. I'm not even going to joke. I, I, I do. I judge you slightly. But it's all right. Bible says to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. So writing it down does something to your brain and gets it into your spirit. And so write it down, type it out, do something, act like it. It's all good. Text a friend. Um, but your point number one, our foundation matters, church. Our foundation matters. When I showed up to that scene 20 years ago, I was expecting to find the owner deceased. I was expecting to find a house that was completely demolished. I was expecting to find the basement just destroyed with the first and the second floor of that house. I didn't find those things. Oh yes, the windows were blown out and the walls that were not attached to the foundation were blown out. But that man met me at the front door. His foundation wasn't cracked one bit. That was a, whoever built that house needs to be in something, for real. Like, there needs to be an article written on that house. When you face a giant in your life, when you face something in your life, I know that this church recently, over the last year, the, the couple weeks before coming here, actually a couple days before coming here, Pastor Chris had given me a call and said, hey, there's some stuff going on in the church. Number one, we flooded. And so we're not actually sure if we're going to be able to have church. But we're going to figure it out. I love the faith of your pastor. And there was some other stuff going on. When you face giants, when you face division, when you face things in your personal life, when you face things in your marriage, anyone who's been married for more than three months, come on, somebody. The newlyweds are like, I don't know what they're talking about. We love each other. <laughs> yeah, there will come a point where you look at that person and go, how did I do this? You know what I mean? That happens to my wife probably much more than it does to me. <laughs> That's the truth. But when you face things in your marriage, I asked a couple last night, they're not here because they're celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary today. But they were at the event last night. And I always ask the question, how did you do it? Give me the two things that, that made you sustain for 40 years without killing each other. And they said, number one, our faith in Christ. And number two, quitting was never an option. Quitting is never an option. My wife and I have had a, uh, just something in our marriage where we had gone through a lot of junk in our life. Believe me when I tell you that. We were actually separated for eight and a half months, 11 years ago. And I thought I was going to now, I thought I, I had done so much to destroy my marriage. I never thought that she was going to come back with me. But we never allowed ourselves to have a conversation that was going to end in divorce. Now, some of you in here, you may be going, I mean, I've already done that. It's okay. Nothing separates you from the love of God. But something in you got taught. 
You were taught something through that season so that you never have to walk through that again. But whenever you face anything in your life, your foundation matters. Well, I, I'm just going to have to, I mean, you get all frustrated with people. What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, right? Your strength, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I don't agree with their political views. I don't care. What does the Bible say? But I don't like what they, I don't care. But they don't wear, I don't care. What does the Bible say? Because the Samaritan man, after two men walked on by the individual that was beaten, bruised, and battered, Samaritan man came up on him and cared for him and gave him everything that he needed and secured his healing and secured his, uh, his, his hospital bills and everything else that he needed. He was able to care. Our foundation matters. Matter of fact, earlier, I think Pastor Chris had kind of alluded to this in his Isaiah 54, 17. Understand this, that no matter what comes against you, no matter what storms you face, no matter what comes into the church or what surrounds the church, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And you will refute every tongue that will rise up against you that is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness, uh, the righteousness is from me, says the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What I need you to do right now is just turn to the person to the right or to the left of you and say, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Come on, say it loud with me. Come on. I'm an interactive guy. You got to get with me here, all right? No weapon formed against There will be no weapon that comes against you that will prosper. There will be no weapon that comes against your marriage that will prosper. There will be no weapon that comes against this church that will prosper. There will be no weapon that comes against your business that will prosper. High schools are under attack. Did y'all see that junk in that, that concert last weekend? That Travis Scott concert? Our kids are under attack, y'all. No weapon formed against my child will prosper. No weapon formed against this school right over here will prosper. No weapon formed against those teachers will prosper. My kids have been in secular school since they were able to go to school. We have had Christians in our community teaching our kids. The, I pray with the principal of my daughter's school every single morning. No weapon formed against me will prosper. My community is 92% unsaved. Every single class. I get favor where we go. You get favor where you go. You can impact your schools. As a matter of fact, last year, my daughter's teacher, when she got baptized, came to her baptism, gave her life to the Lord, and wept the entire service. Come on. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Matthew 7, 24 says, Anyone who listens, we just talked, but anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Folks, number three, stay focused on the word of God. Stay focused on the word. What are you reading? What are you looking at? What are you scrolling through? What comments are you reading? Man, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, your world will be shaken. There's so much junk, none of it's true. None of it's true. You know how many filters go on an image? Before it's posted out, you know how many hundreds of photos families take to get that one perfect photo that they post out? 
We have never gotten family photos taken because I, I just refuse, number one, to pay for it. Number two, I refuse for it to be fake. I want the one where my, my, my son is like poking his sister and she's like elbow dropping him a little bit, you know? Like, I want that one. My wife looks frustrated. She's in tears because I forced the family to do it. Like that one. You never see that photo ever. But that's the reality of it, right? Stay focused on the word of God. What are you hearing? What are you listening to? If you're, put, if you're ingesting Fox News more than you are God's word, stop. I don't care if you think it's the one that, that really thinks the way you think. Stop. It's all, it's all fake. It's all false. The word of God will never lead you astray. When you have division inside of a church like you all did last year, the word of God will never leave you dry. When you have toilets that explode in this place like you did, one toilet caused so much damage. Six-year-old toilet, it's gone. They learned that last night. It just didn't make it through the, didn't make it through the pandemic. We mourned it last night. Stay focused on the word of God. No matter the storm, no matter the division, no matter the toilet leaking or the ceiling leaking, no matter the storm, nothing can stop what God is doing in this place, what he wants to do in you and through you and in this house. Nothing. Enemy hates you. Welcome to Tabernacle. We're so glad you're here. The enemy hates you. If we believe that there's a God, we have to, by nature, believe that there's an enemy who wants to destroy you. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone that would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting and eternal life. That's good news. It's good news to know that God loves you. If this is your first time to a church and that sentence goes against anything you've ever heard in church, please hear me, that's true. God loves you. He has a plan for you. It is good. It is pleasing. He wants to bless your life, and he wants to use you to be a blessing in someone else's life. That's the reality of the word of God. When you know it, some of you are in here, and, and you battle insecurities of stuff that would happen to you 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I think I may have shared this last time I was here, but my principal, when I was in sixth grade, Miss Cribbins called me into her office and she stood there and she looked in my eyes and said, Chad, you will never amount to anything in your life. Nothing. Come on. How many of you are ever sitting there? How many of you have a Miss Cribbins playing in your mind? How many of you have something that, man, I'm never going to be worth it. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to be good at something. I'm never going to be able to start this business. I'm never going to be a good mom. I'm never going to be a really good father. I'm always going to be a drunk. I'm always going to be what? What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? He breaks those things. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things are gone and new things are to come. But you have to know the word of God. It's important, it's important, important to have your foundation set on Christ. Matter of fact, right? In Matthew 1 or Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Jesus was tempted by the enemy in a season of fasting. We know the scripture. I'm going to paraphrase it. 
He's led by the Spirit of God into a, a dry and weary land. Has anyone ever been in a dry and weary land? I know I have. I know I have. But man, oh man, when the enemy came, he said, well, if your God is who he is, throw yourself off of this mountain. Man, I, I love, I love Jesus' response. Every single time that the enemy came at him, he gave the word of God back. Men shall not live on bread alone, but by the word of God. Every time you're faced with something in this church, every time you're faced with something in your life, bring back the word of God. The enemy comes and to mess with you, bring the word of God back. My pastor years ago used to say, it never surprises me that the enemy attacks me. It just always surprises me who he uses. Sometimes the enemy is going to look like your best friend. Sometimes the enemy is going to look like your husband. Do not nudge them right now. Please don't do that. Don't, that's not, it's not the place, not time. Sometimes the word of God will look like a staff member. Sometimes the word of God will look like... But God and his word. You need to know that it's the enemy. You need to rebuke that and you need to walk forth with power and authority knowing what God says about you, knowing what Jesus says about marriage, knowing what Jesus says about his church, knowing what Jesus says about his community, knowing what Jesus says about the strength of a praying church, knowing what Jesus says about what it looks like to be a worshiper so that rocks do not cry out. You need to know that there is authority, that there is power given to you by God through Christ and by the power of Jesus through a gift by the Holy Spirit upon his death and resurrection that he gave to each and every single one of you. No weapon formed against you will ever, ever, ever prosper. Come on, somebody. Can you get a little excited in Chalmette, Louisiana this morning? I got a flight today. You got to be more excited than me. You all are going to eat lunch after this. Here's the reality, right? Sometimes it's so easy to look backwards. Well, I guess I'm just going to stay in this, or I guess this situation's going to define me. Paul says it like this in Philippians 3.13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing that I do, someone shout one thing. Shout one thing. One thing I do is forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Take a look. If you're taking notes, look back only to celebrate what the Lord has done. If you're attaching yourself to things that are behind you, you need to stop. Jesus broke that yoke a long time ago. You are not what the enemy says you are. You are not attached to that single moment in your life. But I was abused for so long. Listen, I'm telling you right now, today you are made in a new image in Christ. You are not the result of someone else's poor behavior. You have a life ahead of you. And that story will only be used to edify, to encourage, and to set someone else free. It no longer holds you bound. The addiction, whatever it is, the division, look, I get it. You, there, was a, there was a year. There was a, two, just a couple years. 
I'm going to walk in power. I'm going to walk in authority. I'm going to forget what is behind us. I'm going to strain. I'm going to work towards the goal. Because I know that there's a goal, not just here on this earth, but in heaven to come. I know that I have a purpose and I have a plan and I need to get on a team. I need to start serving my community. I need to start talking to people about Jesus. I need to start talking to people and not be weird. When I say talk to people about Jesus, there's some freaky people out there talking to people about Jesus. They look a little weird, right? They talk a little weird. They go up to someone in the middle of somewhere. They're like, you're going to go to hell. I don't know why they always have that southern accent either. You know what I mean? No matter where I go. You're going to go to hell. Golly, nice to meet you too. You know what I do when I talk to people? I just share my faith. I just talk to them. Man, how are you? What's your name? You ever start talking to people about Jesus and just ask that question? What's your name? My name's Katie. Katie, that's awesome. That's cool. What do you do? I do this. Oh, you do? Oh, that's cool. What's your husband do? Oh, he does. Oh, cool. That's awesome. What do you do? So glad you asked. I help people connect to Jesus. What? Oh, you're a Christian? No, I help people connect to Jesus. It changed my life. Matter of fact, let me share a story with you. There was a time when I didn't know Jesus. And I didn't have faith in my life. Matter of fact, that wanted nothing to do with church, organized religion, Jesus, or anything to do with it. Matter of fact, the first time I talked to a pastor, man, it did not go well for that guy. Yeah. It really helps when you can connect people. If I'm ever going back and pulling from my bank, it's to help someone else see who he is. That's all it is. I don't go back to sixth grade Chad when Miss Cribbins looked at me. I saw her in a Target once. Years and years later after I was pastoring, and she, I went up to her, I was like, Miss Cribbins, Chad? Yes. What do you do? I'm actually a pastor. I help people connect to Jesus. I don't care what you do. I'm a fire chaplain. I, I, I'm actually a COO of, of a company to help it grow. I help people connect to Jesus regardless of what I do. You may, I don't know what you do. You may work on one of the rigs around you. You may, I don't care what you do. We have got to start helping people see Jesus. And filling this church not for the sake of numerics, but the sake of heaven. And inviting people in to experience what truly was a beautiful gift this morning that the Lord brought. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing that I do, here's the one thing. To check this, you're not perfect. For those of you that study the Bible. Study the Bible. Anyone ever comes up to me and like, oh, I study the Bible. They, they talk like Sean Connery. All the time. Never changes. It's weird when a lady comes up and she's like, oh, I study the Bible. It's weird. But they usually have that way. Don't, don't tell me that you got it here and you can't get it here. We have to care for people. We got to forget what is behind. And we got to strain towards what is ahead. And that only comes when we have a foundation built on Christ. Because when our hand is attached to the light switch, and it will, attached to the light switch. You have to know who God is. You have to know what he says about you. You got to know that your feet are planted firmly on a foundation that is not built in sand. Because the storms will come.
another pandemic will show up. Oh, but my God. But my God. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants to bless your life. But all he wants is you above anything else. And the song we sang, all we want, more than blessing, Jesus, we just want you. Transparency as we get ready to close. Over the last couple of years, I have evaluated so many things. What I believe, what I think. If it were not for God and His Word in my heart, I don't know. I sat at a dinner with my wife on her anniversary and there was a group of people walking by screaming and yelling at me because I had the ability to take my wife out to a dinner for our anniversary which I saved for and telling me I was a bad individual because of it you ever want to get me riled up do that I've watched people that I love dearly walk away from my life in the last two years because I had a different thought. Don't ever be that person. Because when the storms come, our foundation needs to be in Christ. And I'm choosing to love people. If you're holding on to something that is meant to be let go of, today is your day to let go of it. If it's a word spoken over you, if it's a marriage that's, that's in, it, look, you, people can come to church and look good, can't they, Pastor Chris? They look good. They're like, oh man, things are good. How you doing? I'm blessed, highly favored, thanks. But you fought all the way here and divorce papers are in your briefcase and your wife doesn't know it. God will mend what the enemy meant to destroy. You are a new creation in Christ. Division doesn't define you. Destruction doesn't define you. Construction doesn't define this church. The Word of God does. Psalms 119 says, I've hidden my word in your heart that I may not sin against you. My last point before I pray. Friends, what is hidden will get revealed at the right time. One way or another, what's hidden will get revealed at the right time. I pray for you. I pray that it's the Word of God. I pray that's what gets revealed. I pray that out of your, the overflow of your heart, your mouth would speak. And it would be encouraging and it would be edifying and it would be a blessing. And it would heal and not hurt. It would mend and not mistreat. Because the Word of God in the heart of a faithful believer transforms lives. It will transform this house. It will transform your house. It will transform a community.
And it will allow for the Lord to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above anything we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Let me pray for you. Father, I love you. I thank you for this house. I thank you for where it is. I thank you that I get the privilege to be back here. And I get to preach a message to encourage the house. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in the, in the incredible volunteers that are here and the incredible leaders that are here in the worship, in the message, in the heart of your pastors. Jesus, I pray that you would continue to allow this message to get deep inside of us, that our foundations would be firm and set in the word of God. That no matter what comes against anybody in here, they will not be at the, at, at the, at the clutches of whatever that is, no matter the destruction, no matter the disease, no matter the situation, Jesus, that they would rely only and solely on your word. And then you have the final say, Jesus, I pray that they would fall in love with the word of God, that they would see it as who they are. Father, I pray that you would hide that word deep in their heart, that they may never sin against you. But when we fall and fall short, Jesus, you are quick to forgive and pull up. For those in this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, for those in this place, and you have been holding on to the past, to a word, to a moment, to a situation. I mean everybody. It's defined you. I've talked to many in this city over the years, and I keep hearing Katrina brought up over and over and over and over again. It was destructive, but it is not defining. If you are holding on to some things that you need to let go of, every head bowed, every eye closed, please. If that's you in this house, all I want you to do is just lift your hand up. I'm not, no one's looking around but me, I promise you. Yeah? Yeah? Their hands all over the place. It's okay. 